What's your favorite scary movie? podcast where two 20-something LGBTs talk the horror movie of the week, real-life crime or events, and if it's worthy of being an honorary gay film. And yes, the titles are puns. I'm Elle. I'm Kate. Hello. Hello. So, we're doing 2016's Hush. Hello, <laughs> Hush. <laughs> um, what's up? Mike Flanagan film that was made for Netflix. Yes. Um, now, this is one of my faves, Elle. I included it on my decade list, actually. But what you 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 actually picked it. Do you want to tell me why? I just really love the movie. Um, it's the central location, which I always am about mm. having, um, and it's just so creepy. And I don't think there's a lot of jump scares in there um, that yeah. I can remember, anyways. But I don't know, there's just something about this movie that I just always love rewatching, and just, the, I think it's also that the bad guy is just so creepy. He doesn't, there's, like, no motive given to him. Yeah, Nothing. he's just a creepy white boy. Creepy yeah, we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess we can give a quick, what little what it's about. Um, so this, this deaf gal, she's a writer, and going through, like, a breakup and everything, and leaves the city to um, live in this cabin house it's a house right um in the middle of fucking nowhere because it's that's i would never do that (laughs) first of all first of all like she has some neighbors within i guess like walking distance but nowhere in like screaming distance which is the key point of this Mm -hmm. so she's already and then this just random man just decides to target her doesn't even know that she's deaf at the time and then when he finds that out he's like even more excited, like, ooh, I get to play with this, you know, like, because he's a piece of shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people, I've seen criticism that he takes off his mask too soon. And, like, the mask is creepy, but you know what's even creepier? A white man that wants to kill you. <laughs> yeah. Broadway sweetheart John Gallagher Jr. wants to kill you. <laughs> and this is very against type for him. He usually plays... Like, he's really good at playing just, like, the sweet average dude that, like, steps up when, like, in, um, 10 Cloverfield Lane or in, most recently, Underwater. He literally plays the same character in that. Or, um, (laughs) Short Term 12, he's just, like, this sweet supportive boyfriend. So he must have had fun with this to play against type. And he's, he's really good in it. Yeah. Did you know him from anything? Did you associate? Not, uh, I, I'd seen Short Term 12. Um, mm-hmm. a long time ago, so I, and I looked up his IMDb, I was like, oh yeah, he was in this movie, um, but mm-hmm. other than that, uh, I'm not as big as a theater person as Kate is, but uh, I'm trying to change that, <laughs> I was just yeah, like, he was Am. in the, he won a Tony for Spring Awakening, he was in the original cast of that, not that I'm the biggest fan of that show, but I, I knew of him through that, and through his acceptance speech, because he, he won, and I'm like, oh, this gay man's excited. Good for him. Good for him. <laughs> My God, these bitches gay. Good for them. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, it's it's just like also like the absolute like audacity that you have to have to be like, oh, haven't seen my face. Okay, and then he's like, he's so sure he's going to kill her that he's not even afraid to like mm-hmm. take the mask off. So I'm like, 
that's a lot more terrifying to me than, like, if he had been like, oh, okay, and then just, like, walked off, but... Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't think that would have happened either way. No, I don't oh, think so. Oh, worm? Okay, I'll just, you know what, you're right. I'll move on. You're right, you're right. <laughs> but no, yeah, this, I just, I love this movie a lot. I love also uh, Katie Seigel, uh, who is also well known for being in uh, Haunt- Haunting of Hill House series on Netflix, uh, yeah. as people know now. And uh, Gerard's Game, also a Netflix film, also by Mike Flanagan, I believe. So, she and her husband just been doing everything together. Like, really, like relationship goals, I guess. I know. <laughs> ah! Yeah, I've... She, she's only had, like... She's had bit parts in his other stuff and then in Hill House. She's so good in this, but uh, do we want to point out right away, flat off the bat, that this yeah. is a hearing actress playing yes. a deaf character? So, like... <laughs> Let's unpack that. It's like, as as great as her per- performance is, there's like it does contribute to the problem we're having mm-hmm. of not casting deaf actors in deaf roles, and this is one that easily could have gone to a deaf actor. Mm-hmm. Like a, a couple years later, you get uh, Millicent Simmons in The Quiet Place, yeah. and that, and she like, I love that because John Krasinski really listened to her, and she like contributed a lot, and like because like obviously he doesn't understand the deaf experience, so he asked her questions about it, and like took her input and that could have added a more nuance to this movie and given a hearing act or given a deaf actor an opportunity, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's actually, there's like quite a few of, uh, deaf actors out there. Um, like even, uh, Oh, Millie, Bo- Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, she's deaf in one ear. Um, which I did not know until I oh, really? was doing I didn't know that. research. Yeah. Um, Stephen Colbert is deaf in one ear. Uh, there's a lot of, like, you know, famous musicians that are, have uh, tinnitus um, from just the exposure of loud music over time. Uh, and also a recent, uh, two, like, 2017's Baby Driver had a, the deaf actor, the, the guy that was playing uh, Baby Driver's foster father yeah. was actually he is he is deaf um so which was also very nice to have uh, but no yeah there's i was looking up like a bunch of films that have like featured deaf characters mm-hmm. and it always mentions if they're played by like a deaf actor or uh, a hearing actor mm-hmm. and it's like every now and then it's kind of like hearing 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 Deaf actor. <laughs> Deaf actor, hearing, hearing, Little hearing. Little <laughs> God. Wait, have you mentioned Russell Harvard yet? No. I like, was blanking out for some, I love him. Well, he, um, he was on the Fargo season one and then yeah. three, which, and like in There Will Be Blood. Uh, I just, mm-hmm. I love him. Anyway. <laughs> um, uh, now DeMarco's been very outspoken about all yeah. of this. And he, he used Hush as a reference, actually, when showing, like, how how even even though like hearing actors will learn ASL for a role, it's not that good. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like pointing out the flaws in a scene where she's talking to her neighbor, and he's like, "That's wrong." Wrong. That's wrong. Um. Yeah. This is a side note. I need to correct myself. John Gallagher Jr. is not gay. The character he was playing in Spring Awakening is gay. I <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I don't want them coming for me. I guess I always just assumed, but I that. I had to second guess myself. I'm like, wait a minute. They assume. So, um, I'm sorry. 
That's just something I'm gonna have to live with. Anyway, I also thought, for some reason, I thought someone had told me Kieran Culkin was gay, but again, he just played a gay character. This is like, just a problem I have, I guess. We just need to keep, keep thinking. Yeah, yeah I just, they I just want to believe. Yeah, I guess so. We just want to believe. Um, <laughs> there is an upcoming film. Uh, well, actually, a, a few upcoming films. Uh, the Eternals, Quiet Place 2, and 3 <gasps> by 5 all are going to feature actual deaf actors. Uh, <laughs> in The Eternals, uh, that's a Marvel. That's going to be an MCU movie, and it will feature its first deaf yeah. superhero. And I'm like... Hawk, I should have been in there, but that that didn't really like. I guess get get traction until more of like the late. Like it's been featured in issues in comics before, but like uh-huh. for the mainstream people that don't read comics. Uh, oh well, yeah, Hawkeye. Well, un- unless you count, I think like it happened in like one thing in the seventies, but Hawkeye in the comics that we know of, in like the Matt Fraction comics, wasn't deaf until after Jeremy Renner was cast. Yeah. So there wasn't much they could have done about that, except I guess make the character deaf, but then you're still having a hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is complicated. But doesn't, um, I stopped watching Titans because it was bad, but doesn't Titans also have a deaf actor? Uh, I do not know. Well. (laughs) Sandra Bullock, well. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Um, yeah, it does. Uh, Chella Mann, who's also friends with Niall DeMarco, uh, he is, hey. he is uh, in Titans. So, yes. He's he's a deaf transgender actor, so... Fuck yeah, yeah, this is what the libs want! <laughs> <laughs> it is. Fuck yeah! Um, what's also uh, interesting, not just, like, also with ASL, they also have differences in other sign languages, because mm-hmm. now DeMarco is doing, like, different... Uh, letters for different languages so like yeah uh even like canadian sign language is different Mm. from ours so it's not only do you have to have the correct actor they also have to be using the correct sign language for their like if you're in america it's got to be american sign language or like if you're in a different country it should be the one that is established there uh but i think it's definitely growing more and more that we seem to have more and more deaf actors actually playing deaf characters which is very nice we because they should um there's just something there's always something about like certain roles where it's like you have to have the person a person who is living that life otherwise it's like you just don't you're not going to get like the nuances and the just the little things in there that can make a difference Uh, especially to people who go and watch the films or well in the case of um people who are deaf or hard of hearing they don't go to movie theaters because i have seen the little device that they give you it's Um, so bad it's so awful it's called a captive view and it basically looks like almost one of those old oh what was it called that we used to have as children they they give it looked like a little binocular and you'd like click the side and like the little (laughs) Yeah. Pictures would, like, swipe through. It kind of looks like that on a bendable um, stand that's supposed to, like, clip into the cup holder. And uh, one time Niall and Chell went to a movie theater just to kind of show what it, like, how it experiences. And Mm -hmm. Niall's was playing 
uh, captions from a different film entirely. <gasps> oh my god. And uh, Chell's was not sitting in the cup holder. Like, it wouldn't, like, clip. It was unstable. And it's just... They, they don't go to movie theaters and... And it's just it would just be easier to have yeah. closed captioning, and that's yeah, just yeah. There's a simple fix for that, and people they just don't want to be accessible. Like I, and it, I used to work at a movie theater, and we had open caption screenings. It was usually like one a day for one specific movie, and the the hearing customers would get so fucking mad because like we had to let them know ahead of time, otherwise they'd come out and be like, "Why are there words on the screen?" <laughs> So when they're buying their tickets, it's like, just so you know, and it's listed in this, it's like a whole separate listing, and it, it says open captions, like, when you go on Fandango or whatever, but as the cashier I'm bringing them up, it's like, just so you know, this is an open caption screening. Oh, what does that mean? You said basically subtitles. I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want that. It's like, they're just so mad that we are trying to be more accessible for people. Like, it's not all about you. You're gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine either way. Like, fuck you. I just, oh, it's so... Yeah, and, like, I'm, I don't know if I have a, like, auditory processing, but, like, I need subtitles, because, like... Oh, same. It, it helps me. It's it's so helpful, and, like, half the time, anyways, I miss whatever is being said. Um, or, like, sometimes we can even tell you stuff that's going on in the background if somebody's speaking lower, or maybe mm-hmm. with, like, an accent that you can't quite clearly, like, understand. Like, subtitles help. Um... And it's just accessibility also. It's just like it's this, this one this one showing at this one time. But all the other times Yeah, even that pissed deal. off people, but I think that they should obviously expand that even more. Yeah. Like, it should be a thing. It's a simple answer, yeah. It should be a thing. Yeah, my my parents used to get so wound up more my mom more than my dad. Because they'd be like, <laughs> I hate seeing the captions and I was just like I need captions, so sorry. Uh, yeah, I grew up in a loud household. I, I so <laughs> that's my. That's... I can't watch a film without subtitles, so it's like, mm-hmm. I can't even like that. So like watching foreign films is very easy because I'm already used to subtitles. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Bong, Bong <Chino's> response. <laughs> Learn to fucking read. <laughs> I love Taps it. the microphone. <laughs> Um, points were made. So many points were made. I love it. Um, is the Oscars this Sunday? Yeah, it's this Sunday. Shit. I hope it sweeps. Uh, that would be great. Oh, Parasite? Yeah. Have you seen that yet? Or Yeah, I've seen it. Okay, good. Good. I forget who's seen it and who hasn't. Because one of my friends is about to go see Parasite this weekend. And I'm just like, you're going to have a wild time. <laughs> it's like the last 30 minutes you're like, I don't, the shit okay, well, is this uh, this is gonna be another parentheses bracket so explain to me i liked parasite but i don't think i liked it as much as everyone else because everyone was saying how wild it gets and i just didn't think that it got that um, you're too used <laughs> that to wild. It. i'm too desensitized maybe <laughs> yeah. i don't know it could be or just like people are not quite sure what to expect especially with like a foreign film I guess. Maybe mm. to them this is wild. I'm just like, it's what not- mean, like, what are those Koreans gonna do? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> I had no idea how it was gonna go, so I was having a great time. Um, but... <laughs> well, okay, also, the, 
Maybe maybe people just don't watch as many movies where someone is living inside walls as I do because that comes God. up a lot. That yeah. A, a the boy? Lot. The boy, The Pact, which did it first, mm-hmm. Housebound. Like, it comes up a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's probably why you were just like, yeah, that's yeah. chill. Uh, but Although it was fun to just watch her run in and yeet through that door and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I... I do. I want to watch it again this time, knowing that it's not a horror movie. Yeah, because it's not. It is um, not a horror movie. And I'm obviously, I obviously would be so stoked if it swept just on principle that yes. a, a genre film and b a foreign film is doing this well in the local awards show, as Bong Joon Ho would call it. Like, good yes. for him, you know? Yes, yes, um, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Like that. The one scene that absolutely terrified me out of like anything that happened was when the boy was in the kitchen and he was eating the cake and then he looked over <gasps> and like you just yeah. saw the eyes and you were like, <laughs> I just legitimately like I had just the goosebumps creeps like out of me. Like if I saw that shit when I was little, I would probably too just lose my mind. So, uh, for me the scare the scary part was before anything happened is when the doorbell rang. And then the housekeeper came back. Oh my god. Just, that that was the scariest part for me. Because I too fear, like, being drunk and someone tries to break into my house. Or <laughs> not even their house. Let bring, let's swing that back to Hush with home invasions. Yes. Because home invasion. what scared me so much... Eh, look at that. What's, what scared me so much about Hush and the concept is it's because home invasions are, like, the one horror movie type that will always genuinely scare me. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because... I'm just, like, such a realist, and I, I don't mean to say that about anyone who's like, oh, ghost movies don't scare me, or demon movies don't scare me, because that's not real, because it could be real to you, and that's fine. It's yeah. just not real to a real threat to me, um, but home invasions are. And, and this one, th- she's physically isolated and isolated in the world as a deaf person, and I just think that was such a clever choice. Yeah. Um... And, like, I watched this the first time, like, with five people in the room and was still just, like, looking around just scared shitless. <laughs> like, Mike Flanagan does such a good job at, like, showing you how comfortable she is in that world because why shouldn't she be? It's her house. It's her neighbor. She's just cooking dinner. Mm-hmm. And then just it all shifts like that. Um, yeah. It must have been fun to play with having that big house, too, because mm-hmm. and he doesn't get into the house till like, the very end. Yeah. So the, and there's her going outside of the house. There's reasons why she can't escape. He gets rid of the car. There's the obligatory in every home invasion movie. There has to be a person that shows up that gets that's like, oh, you're saved, and then they die immediately. Yeah, like, I, was, I remember watching that. And I was poor like, dude. She was so he was so close to getting that, the that dude dude's a rock. real one. In in the strangers, it's fucking Dennis from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That is so hard to see him in anything besides It's Always Sunny because I'm just like Dennis. What are you yeah, doing I here? I didn't know he was in it. And he shows up and I'm like Dennis. <laughs> God, no, yeah, definitely. Like, n- not many horror genres truly get me unless, like, unless it is like home invasion stuff for like the person inside the walls. Because I have heard real ass horror stories about somebody oh. living in somebody's house and they didn't know it. Like fucking Grady Hendrix. Have you seen that? I have not. Oh my god, another sidebar. This is just a tangent episode. I'm so sorry. Okay. It's okay. Um, hor- Grady Hendrix. He's this horror writer. He wrote like My Best Friend's Exorcism, and he wrote the screenplay for satanic panic Ooh. he he wrote he made this whole thread on twitter last halloween about basically about how someone was living in his walls and was like 
for years and not his walls i think he had like a house that was like connected to his or something but he was always going into the vents to steal food and stuff oh my god and then he would watch him in his bedroom like he'd be in his bed and could feel the eyes on him and his parents never believed him oh my god whenever they came to check the guy was gone by then and then one day his dead body was just in the vents and that's how they finally found him i know (laughs) thank god my vents are like too skinny for even my cats to get through (laughs) so i don't have to worry about that um but yeah i'm like this is why i don't want to live in anywhere but like an apartment where there's people above and below me and the walls are too thin i'd rather have to hear my neighbors like boning than uh, (laughs) be attacked and no one can hear me scream like i'd rather people who live on farms without anybody within like a mile i'm like y'all crazy i know like, I get the need to, like, it'd be nice to get away from it all, but at the same time... I, Not I on just, my watch. I always... My mind always goes to worst-case scenario. Either what if there's a medical emergency, you're not near a hospital, or what if someone is trying to kill you, etc., etc. Yeah. Et just don't live in the woods. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I Anytime someone's like, let's go to a cabin in the woods, you should be like, let's not. Also, I've because of that. this movie, is, but I mean, I'm a millennial, I always have my phone, but I consciously, just like Halloween always makes me check the back seat in my car, because yeah. of this movie, I never leave my phone around the house. Even, no. Even the house. No. Like, I always think, I'm like, you know what, what if? Uh, because that's what she does, she leaves her phone on the counter when yeah. she's just chilling. I and do, oh, yeah. mentioning of her phone, um, in the, uh, when she has it and, like, she can see the screen of it and it's, like, the guy calling. And then when she sets it down so the screen's facing down, there's a little light flashing um, next to the mm. camera, which I yeah. thought was a really nice touch to, like, yeah. be like, oh, here's an indicator. Someone's trying to call you or something. So, And then also her mm-hmm. uh, her loud-ass fire alarm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which so ca- came in handy. Oh, the bitch came in handy. I, I loved it. that. I know. Well, that, th- that whole thing reminded me of... Uh, wait until dark which i love in in that do you know what that is uh is that the one by Catherine bigelow or is that the near dark that's near dark that's near dark so, okay then so no. just say wait until dark was this movie in the 60s based on a stage play the movie had audrey hepburn as a, a blind woman oh yes i know about this one trying, yes yes yeah yes. they were trying to break into her house ha- alan arkin's trying to break into her house because she has this doll filled with cocaine <laughs> i forgot i forgot how that got there but yeah it's there and in the this this big finale, they made a big deal about it. Like when it was in theaters, they were like, "We will lower the lights for the last ten minutes to the legal limit." So wait until dark, because in the last ten minutes, she's like, "Well, I'm blind. Fuck this guy," and starts smashing all the lights in the house. Oh, yeah. and it's so cool. And then so he's trying to he uses like a fridge light at one point. She's like, "No," and closes it. And then she's like, using like matches just to freak him out. It's so cool. So then that that whole scene of her using the fire alarm reminded me of that it's like oh my gosh i'm gonna use the my disability to your to my advantage basically yeah it's just so cool <laughs> i love it she did what she had to do yeah and there is there is a cat for anybody that watches those soccer oh, yeah, there is a cat in there um she's an independent bitch uh there is no animal death thank god in this film because uh, I saw the cat, and I, when the I know, guy I grabbed it, I think I, the first time I watched it, I texted him, like, you said nothing was going to happen to the cat! And, and then she got him with the crossbow, and I was like, oh, thank God. Mm-hmm. So, I was... Yeah, we always stand horror movies where the pet lives. Yes. 
Even when it's like, this pet shouldn't have lived, but did anyways. And I was like, points for that. I love it. I think there was some horror movie where I watched it, and I'm like, the dog should not have lived realistically, but it did, so I'll give it extra <laughs> points for it. Oh, what movie? Do you know? I wish I could remember, but I'm just like... This got to be a letterbox list of that. Like, horror, horror movies, movies where pets live. Book. Yeah. I love it. Yes, absolutely. Um, and also, with her being... Like, I don't know if it's a true thing. People can tell me if, if they, mm-hmm. they have it. Or not, um, when one of your senses is gone, the others tend to get more heightened. Like Daredevil? Yes, like Daredevil. <laughs> were you were you just reading Daredevil? And then... <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, w- I was, the scene where he's, like, climbing in the window and she's in the bathroom. And, like, she just feels, like, this breath across her neck, mm. which I'm pretty sure, like, I probably wouldn't have felt. And then she mm-hmm. just turns around Yeet! and stabs him. And I was just, like, she's so good. Mm-hmm. I love her. Um, I, w- I, I, do her! Wish, I wish she had been played by a deaf actress. Um, but it, I still do love this movie, um, despite that. Uh, so, and I did want to also mention a couple other uh, actors who are uh, also deaf or hard yeah. of hearing as well. Uh, there's Marlene Matlin. Uh, she was in the lead role of Children of a Lesser God in 1986. Mm. Uh, yeah. she got an Academy Award and a Golden Globe for that, and she's the first and only deaf performer to have ever won that award. Um, and there is also a YouTuber, her name is Ricky Pointer. Uh, she is, uh, pretty popular at this point. Uh, she's a champion for deaf culture, and she posts informative and entertaining videos to spread awareness, uh, of being deaf. Um, and we also, you know, Millicent Simmons, very popular deaf actress at this time. Um, I saw an interview of her. She was on, like, uh, something like Good Morning America. Not that one exactly, but something similar to it. Um, and she had her interpreter with her. And also, like, something that's really key is that the hosts were always looking at Millicent whenever she was Mm -hmm. talking. And, like, that's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to look at the interpreter. Because then it's, like, a sign of disrespect. So, yeah. Um, Thomas Edison was also had a hearing loss that, um, there's a mystery around how he got it. Some people think that it was a case of scarlet fever or that it was passed down in his family. Um, so he was a famous inventor. Uh, Halle Berry also has a hard of hearing. Uh, she's lost 80% of her hearing in her right ear, uh, from a result of domestic violence. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's... The, the partner allegedly was identified as Wesley Snipes, but it's never been <gasps> confirmed. What? Oh, no. Yeah. I gotta hate on another man? Shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's awful. Um, men are, men are bad. <laughs> men. about that? Um, Gritting teeth. Jane Lynch also had a high fever when she was young, uh, that left her with nerve deafness. Um, she She's completely deaf in one ear now. Mm. Uh, but she didn't discover it until she was seven years old when she was playing with her brother in a transistor radio. So I guess you figured that's how that's a way to figure it out. Um, oh, God. Who else? Yeah, Whoopi Goldberg. Kiefer Sutherland also has profound hear, hearing loss. Uh, Lou Ferrigno. 
uh, Linda Bove, who is a deaf American actress. Uh, she's known as Linda Lo- the Librarian on Sesame Street, and she has been, she has had the role for over 30 years, and she's helped raise awareness for deaf culture on there. Uh, and there's also Caesar Jacobson, who was the first deaf person in North America to earn the titles of Miss Universe Canada, Miss Canada, and Miss Global Peace. Uh, she has the first, she was the first, uh, profound bilaterally deaf Canadian to work with the United Nations, and she's also a UN Youth and Gender Equality 50-50 champion as well. Uh, Sean Murdy, Daniel Durant, uh, Max Maxi, who does interpretation, uh, for Chance the Rapper when he was on his tour in 2017 for the audience, uh, and the two previous uh, guys are known for playing deaf characters on the TV show Switched at Birth. And Kitty O'Neill, who was Linda Carter's stunt double, and she's a stunt woman, was also deaf. Uh, oh, shit. So she's, she's pretty cool. I like her. She was, like, leaping from, like, tall buildings and stuff like that. <laughs> I love literally. stunt women. <laughs> I don't know. She's so good. The stunt women of uh, deaf roof yes oh yeah (laughs) so those are some of the famous um hard of hearing and uh Mm. deaf actors as well as niall demarco who really rose to fame when he was on uh america's next top model and dancing with the stars which i saw his season and he was so good and i was like i can barely carry your rhythm now so like you are amazing my guy (laughs) like and I just love watching his videos because he's always so animated and wanting to, like, talk about deaf culture. Um, yeah. He talked, somebody, he did, like, an AMA, and somebody asked him about how he feels about, like, parents who may be hearing, but they have, like, a deaf child, uh, and they might want to get, like, cochlear implants or something. And he says that he personally doesn't have really any feelings about it because it's not his choice to make and it's not his life to Mm. like have a choosing of it uh but that he does encourage the people that do have a deaf relative or a deaf child to go into uh the cult like deaf culture and like experience it before they do make a decision like that because it can help improve hearing um but it is a really big change and it's like a permanent part of your life And just, like, for hearing people to stop sharing those videos with, like, babies willy-nilly, or it's, like... Hearing his mom's voice for the first time, and it's, like... It's it's much more complicated than that. Yeah, because, like, and it makes it seem, like, in in my opinion, because I am a hearing person, but it just Mm -hmm. seems to me, like, they're trying to, like, fix something, like, there's something wrong, um, and there isn't, because... And a lot of people, when they're asked, you know... How did, like, do you ever wish you could hear sound? And they're like, no, I'm very proud of being deaf, Mm -hmm. you know, and and being part of the culture. That's like somebody asking, do you wish you were straight? And I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I choose to be gay. It's a competition. I'm winning. Um. (laughs) Um. Yeah, we just got to... We got to create more fucking opportunities for deaf actors. Like, going back to Marley... Marley Maitland that you mentioned yeah. for Children of Melissa God, like she literally won an Oscar, and then like, what what have you seen her in lately? Like that's why I'm so worried about Millicent Simmons. And yeah. Like, if anything, I don't give a shit about The Quiet Place too, but I'm glad it exists because she's out there getting work still. She hasn't made anything in between that. Like, 
She's so Wonderstruck. fucking good. What? That was before the, that was before oh, it was? the Quiet Place. Oh, shit, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. that's, yeah, that's what I first saw her in. Oh, okay. And, like, what? Wonderstruck's a good example of the, like, excuse that some, that filmmakers might try to make about, because with Todd Haynes, he did get flack for, um, casting Julianne Moore as an older version of Millicent Simmons, mm. and it's, like, it's, like, the last ten minutes of the movie, but I, oh, okay. like, understandably, deaf people, like, even a, a, there was a deaf gal at the Q&A that asked him about it. Yeah. And he said that basically the movie wouldn't have gotten made without it, because they... The, the main stars were the kids, a.k.a. Millicent Simmons. Yeah. And they needed some names, including Julianne Moore and then Michelle Williams in, like, a little, like, five-minute scene. But they needed those star names to get the movie made. Yeah. And in the meantime, he heavily involved the deaf community in every aspect of the movie. And he also gave, um, he gave deaf actors... It, uh, not just Mil- Millicent Simmons was playing a deaf character, but it was cool because her character doesn't even know ASL. She's like, have you seen it? I have not seen it yet, but I really want to. Yeah, like, cause uh, in in the in Hollywood's perspective, he didn't even need to do that because her character doesn't know ASL. She's this like child in the thirties mm-hmm. whose dad is like just doesn't understand and is trying to teach her a way to like read lips instead of like finding the language for it. And then she eventually, it's oh my god, I'm just talking about Wonderstruck now. <laughs> so what happens is she she runaways to New York. To go see her brother, played by Corey Michael Smith. Corey Michael and, Smith. Um, and he enrolls her in, like, a deaf school where she can learn ASL and Aww. be with her peers and everything. But where was I going with this? But so, like, she doesn't even use ASL in it. But, like, her performance is so fucking good in it. And it's giving her work. And meanwhile, that that portion that she's in, mm-hmm. that era, is uh, all silent. It's, like, filmed like a silent film. Oh, wow. And so what, he, what Todd Haynes did was he got... He gave uh, deaf actors hearing roles. Oh, like, wow. Like, speaking roles, technically, quote-unquote, because it's a silent film. Yeah. So, like, he was still giving them work and shit and giving them opportunities. So, like, that, I feel like that's a balance if that's your yeah. excuse or if you have excuses or, like, problems with getting the movie made or something. Like, okay, mm-hmm. so find something else. Find, give these people exposure still. Give them work. Collaborate with them so that your film has the nuances that it needs. Yeah. Like, with, uh, with Jennifer Kent and the Nightingale, like, I was oh, yeah, heavily, yeah. heavily involved mm-hmm. with the communities that were in the, that were in the film, and indigenous people worked alongside her, so it's like, it, he's, he's not just doing it by himself, he's, he's got people. Yeah, it's not like, I, I, I should be able to tell the story I want, like, okay, we get that, but. <laughs> but. Listen. Um, it looks like Marley Matlin has actually been in uh, films up to 2015, but she's been in TV shows, and oh, she's yeah. in a new one called Limetown. Uh, she was uh, in Switched at Birth in, I think, the entire show. Oh, okay. I think she plays uh, a mom in that. Uh, she was also in The Magicians. She was in Glee. <gasps> uh, she was in CSI, Gone, Quantico, uh, the L Word, CSI New York's SVU for a couple episodes. So she's been, she has been in some stuff. She's still getting work, which I'm very happy for. Oh fuck yeah! Um, so thank, thank God, because like good for her, good for her. And there was a there was a revival of that play a couple of years ago with Joshua Jackson, and they had a a deaf actress too. Nice, good. yes. Good for her. I've always wanted to like I've tried learning ASL and then I just fall off. 
That's like to try to learn my own language. I try to learn a language on my own. I just fall off at some point and I don't mean to. Yeah, I've been told that you need to just take a class. Like, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Yeah, one of my friends, uh, she took ASL classes for almost the entirety of her community college that she did. And she's like, she wants to be an interpreter. So she like, she like knows it so mm-hmm. well. Um. Oh my god, Matlin was also on Dancing with the Stars as well. Cool. Yeah! Yeah. We love it. Uh, So, at least, you know, more, more, uh, more roles for deaf actors, I definitely think is. Yeah. Maybe we'll, we'll cover A Quiet Place too, just for our girl Millicent. Yes. Oh, Shape of Water. How could I forget that movie? That was recent, too. Um... Because that did have a hearing actress um, in the role. And I don't know... And that was a mute character, not a deaf character. Not, yeah, she was same mute. Way, um, same, but that would have been a good opportunity. I yeah. I think pointed that out, too. Yeah. Because um, I think he also mentioned something about the ASL that's used in there. Um, okay. And I don't know if the ASL from when the time period that it takes place was different from how it is now. That would be an, I, I kind of want to, oh. I think it is, but I, I don't know for sure, so I definitely should look that up. Um, but, yeah, that was also a, a problem, that, that would have been a good role for a, a deaf actor to also have had, even though she, she can hear, uh, mm-hmm. and she just doesn't talk, um, that would have been a, a good place. But I think it's starting to get, like, more and more, it's starting to lean towards where, you know, hiring deaf actors and, uh, deaf actresses yeah. for people roles. just have to keep speaking up because I feel like a lot of these decisions aren't being consciously made. It's not like out of malice or anything. It's just yeah. something that casting people aren't considering. Or it's like also um, like half the time they're like, if I want to get this made, I have to have someone that's gonna yeah. pull it in, and if I don't have, I can't get like that's just you know a hard thing to to try to deal with at the same time. So I, that's you know Julianne Moore getting. Uh, pulled into wonderstruck so Mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a whole nest of things to (laughs) go through yeah so um this film is not gay unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) and neither is john gallagher jr apparently (laughs) learned that today although so uh kate katie siegel 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 yeah Seigel, okay, I never knew how to say it. She does play a gay on Hill House. So, yes. like, by transitive property. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> She's bisexual in this film. God. She was straight in Gerard's game. She was bi in this one. And then she's a lesbian in Hill House. <laughs> the trifecta. The trifecta. Yeah, not not much else to say about that, unfortunately. There's no really, yeah. like, like, no, there's a great, I love the friendship she has with her neighbor, yeah. Because you can see that they've been friends for a good while, so mm-hmm. um, it's really nice. And just, like, the conversations that they have. And um, it's nice that she's learning ASL even though she can read lips. Yeah. It's like, no, I want to talk to you. The way, <laughs> yeah, like, it's I, it's just, and I don't mean that on her part. I mean, like, oh, look how, what a good person she is. I just mean, like, that's a good sign of respect, I think. Yeah. Like, decency. <laughs> Yeah, it's like if, if like when you're learning a language and you go to the country where they speak it and you try to use it as much as possible because it's like, this uh-huh. is this is your native language and I just want to, 
Yeah. I just want to try to communicate like that because this is that that just seems like like that, that that's the thing to do. Like when I went down to Mexico, my dad tried to use Spanish that he could remember from his college years, which had been like 30 something years. Mm. But they seemed to appreciate it. So I like even if you're struggling, they think they appreciate it in the end uh, that you're at least trying and not just, you know, mm. assuming that you can understand them anyways. Um so, yeah, I would highly recommend watching Hush. I think it's a great horror film. I absolutely love it. The music also is really good when it's there. Like, I was listening to the end song the other day from it, and I was just like, this is a really good credit song. I just really... Because it's a really uh, nice melody that's you know, kind of reflects the mood of relief and just like, I've made it, I'm okay, you know, against all the odds that she's faced. Uh, she came out the other side and it's just it's a really nice soundtrack so i i like listening to it as well i think it's a good good one for the movie is also trying to get into your room yeah sorry <laughs> pause <laughs> do you want to wind down then yeah sure it's a good place to do that all right so let the wind down uh yes. do you want to go first sure uh i finished stiff by mary roach uh, the Curious Life oh. of Human Cadavers. Uh, it's a really, it's a wild ride. It's just, like all the stuff that they could do to you if you donate your body to science. Because like, you don't have a say in what they can do. Like you can say what they can't oh do. Um, okay. There's like, there's like the fields where they'll be like, what happens if we put somebody that's completely naked in like three feet of dirt on a hot sunny day? <laughs> like just random things that they'll be like, you know, what if this killer does this with the body or something else do they talk about poltergeist in that book um a little bit yes i believe so do yes they? because they, so. because they i learned this on switchblade sisters recently but they used real skeletons yeah for that and yeah. the, i forgot which i forgot who she was interviewing but she was like can they do that if you donate your body to science you, what if you don't want to be used as a movie prop it's like i don't think you got to say in that you don't have a, if you a, donate it no. I guess unless you specifically say, don't use me in your movie, Toby Hooper. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wild. No, yeah, and, like, that that's even uh, known as a cursed film because the, mm-hmm. the little girl died. Um, oh, yeah, we could do a whole episode on that. <laughs> there's a whole, like, in, and also with uh, the, the, the sister who, the, ow, oh, what's her name? Uh, Dominique Dunn was in that film, um, and she was murdered by her boyfriend, I think. And yeah. uh, Thomas Dunn was her brother, and he was an American Werewolf in London, which Gr- Attack Gr- of the Queer Griffin Wolf. Dunn. Griffin Dunn. Griffin Dunn. Oh, he yes. goes like Griffin Dunn. <laughs> yeah. Um, was an Attack of the Queer Wolf. So just, uh, it's an absolutely cursed movie. Don't use real bodies <laughs> for your stuff. Well- not only that, but he didn't tell the actress that they were real. <laughs> oh my god. No. Um, and they, there used to be a huge, uh, as, you know, grave robbing was a thing that was very prominent when more and more medical students were starting to <gasps> go into. And so they, they would, like, hire, like, people at medical schools would hire grave robbers <gasps> to go take <laughs> newly dead no. people. Yes. Fucking so like, these these rich students hot. No, you get in there. You get, <laughs> get in. Yeah, it get was like a, a living. <laughs> it was a living they did. Um, oh my god. 
because it was it was seen as very like unlike not unethical but just like it seems very undignified to like carve open yeah. a dead body or something like back then and now it's just like mm. oh yeah here's this and like open the body for you um but a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh today's they're actually starting to do like 3d projection models i think there was one where they had this body and it was scanned and the the screen it was underneath was like pressed up against it and it had like a sanding feature on it so it would sand it down like millimeter by millimeter and like take pictures for every time it was going down so it was like getting its entire body and skeletons and everything and i was like oh that's too much for me man mm. i almost took a anatomy class in high in college once because i needed an elective and uh they were like oh yeah you need like a science elective and i was like i'll take this and they're like you know you deal with real bodies in this and i was like <laughs> Oh, shit, yeah, I did not know that, so, and then I tried signing up for a physics class, which lasted less than a day, and then I switched to an online science class, but, anyways, um, it's a really good book, I highly recommend reading it, because it's just so yeah. wild, like, all the different stuff. Oh, point. Yeah. We know, you know how we have, like, crash test dummies that you see in the commercials and stuff? Yeah. Those are only used after they use real cadavers, to what? test, yeah, to test, like, a certain, like, impact point and, like, how much an actual human body can handle. Um, and then I think they just use those to kind of, like, do the full force crash thing because I don't think that really works mm. as, um, as well on uh, human cadavers. I think they come yeah. apart. Like, um, they don't want to show the, pub, the, the public cadavers in cars. Um, but we actually don't have a lot of data on children involved in car accidents because i don't know how you'd go up to some grieving parents and be like hey <laughs> oh my god so they've been using like pigs because they have internal like their structure on the inside is very similar to human beings um in place and just like different animals that they could use but yeah there's not very accurate data because like i can't imagine having to go up to somebody and be like can you donate your child's body to this car company Bye. for um so i i don't know if i would like as young as i i'm not a child anymore obviously uh, but um if i was a kid and, like, I could see down and be like, yeah, donate my body, prevent me, like, if I got a car accident as a kid, I'd be like, please. Because it does, and it did end up saving lives. Mm. Um, even those side airbags, which only came in, like, mm. decades after the front airbags, it's because the thinness of the car door between you, if you get T-boned, mm -hmm. it's, it's so thin, there's nothing to really absorb the impact, which is why those tend to be more devastating crashes than, like, if you get hit head-on. Um, and it's just so wild, and there's also, like, a, there's a woman over in Sweden, I believe, who is trying to advocate for having your body, um, oh, what's it called, when you're, like, flash-freezed, and it, like, if you, like, break something, it bursts into, like, a million pieces after it's frozen, like. Oh, like Jason X? Like, yeah. We're gonna call it the Jason X effect, since I don't know the real term. <laughs> um, and it would, then you would put, it would become nutrients to be put into soil to grow trees and to give back to the earth and people are so like but it's 
like it's so undignified i'm like how are we better than the animals that die out in the woods there's no death there's no dignity in death and and there's also a mention of a book i can't remember the name of it it was by a female author um that it talks about the exploitation of uh the funeral chapels and like coffins like you know how they've just extorted Mm. families with all that and that's why my family's getting cremated um (laughs) and also because like it's like dead's dead so i might as well just go to ashes in the end um but it's a really really interesting book um i i definitely highly recommend reading it don't read it while you're eating because a couple (laughs) times i had to stop (laughs) too used to it i've never eaten while i watched hannibal i was eating while trying to read this and i was like no not yet I started out watching Hannibal not being able to eat by the end. I was, like, chomping down. Like, it, it helped me. <laughs> Just eating chicken nuggets, all right. Just yeah. blood everywhere. Um, but so now I'm reading A, a Pale View of Hills. Uh, and the next book I'm going to read after that is The Purity Myth, which talks about America's obsession with virginity, especially mm-hmm. in women. So that'll be an interesting read. Like, yeah, they still are. It's just, I don't think it's as terrible as it used to be, but I think it is still, like, part of our culture. And, like, oh, what what was, oh, I don't remember. It was some actor who was, like, every time his daughter goes to the doctor, he goes with her, and she's, like, 18 by now. And oh he God. has the doctor check to see if, like, her hymen is still intact. <gasps> no! And I was like, bitch, that'll make a difference. That could still be intact after sex. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass. It could break riding a bike, man. Yeah. It like just like that's the whole like concept. Like this means that she's pure, and I'm like, it doesn't actually. It's just a thing that's there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but other than that, I haven't been up to too much. I watched and I've gotten back onto Succession, so I've watched the third episode. <gasps> yes. <laughs> Tom is an absolute embarrassment. I love him, but oh, oh. my god. Midwestern icon. <laughs> I love him so much. And Greg putting like the cookies in the dog in the doggy bag thing. Oh I was God. like, me. He's like, these are these are free, right? I can. T- <laughs> the the bags don't come pre pooped. <laughs> An icon. <laughs> he started doing the goofy voice during a meeting, and I was like, no, Matthew, no. Oh. I, I was like, how does he keep... One. I, oh I am not prepared for what comes into oh season my God. two. Something <laughs> happens in a specific episode that is, like, the my weak point, my soft point. And soft. I, like, fuck. And then <laughs> it immediately gets destroyed, of course, because... Oh, of course. It's succession. Succession. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm enjoying that uh, as well. And, um... Oh, I watched Widows recently, uh, since it's on, it's expiring Ooh. on HBO Go. Um, why wasn't that movie more hyped? Viola Davis. I know, it's so, fu- balls to the wall, man. <laughs> when, when the reveal happened, and like, when she saw the flask, and I was oh, like, yeah. I was like, you motherfucker. My whole theater was like, what? Yeah. I was like, you are, like, I was so pissed off on her behalf, because I was like, you son of a bitch, you went and you did this. Uh, yeah. So, she, she, he deserved what he got, so I was like, I don't have any bad feeling. I'm, I'm not sad for you anymore. Yeah, it's such a bummer guy. that Widows didn't do better. <laughs> Steve McQueen, and, like, it, I think it was Viola yeah. Davis's like, first major lead movie role in, like, 
the entire time of her career. And she was so good in it. And, like, I love the relationships that she has with these women, even though they're not very long. It's, like... Yeah. Just, like, it's so woman-dominated, and I love it. I'm like, come there on. Are truly points watching Widows, and I'm, like, watching Viola Davis act. I'm like, why do other people even try to do this? <laughs> like, what's the point? What's the point? God, it's like watching Fences, and it's like, why, what's, why bother? Why should we even bother? Well, I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> oh, please. She should have won Oscars. Didn't she win? She won for Fences. She did? Yeah. Oh, no, wait, it was Denzel Washington who didn't win. I was pissed about that one. Should have won. Should have won, but whatever. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix at the, oh, what, what, was it the SHU Awards or something where he, like, talked about uh, the problem in Hollywood? I think it was at the BAFTAs, yeah. Oh, the BAFTAs, yeah. And then he, like, walked off without his award. (laughs) (laughs) He did mention that. He was like, I'm part of the whole thing yeah, so it's not I like i really he's... respected that like i've yeah i've you know you know me i've always loved joaquin and i think it's really stupid that this dumb movie is what he's finally gonna win for but <laughs> yeah. i love that he's using every opportunity of these dumb award shows yeah to just go the fuck off and i really so but i'm gonna be watching the choices that he makes after that it's like yeah okay, so you're gonna you're gonna start working with more, more women directors yeah well, yeah like he should have won for, for You Were Never no, Really Here. Exactly. Yeah. Um, or, I remember or somebody direct, like. Directors of color, like just. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping he, you know, sticks to his word. Because he, he's always been a very, like, political person and an activist, especially, like, for, for like, vegan rights and stuff, but yeah. among other things. But he's a, he's a good dude. So, um. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, and, we'll like. So I remember somebody was doing, like, a review of Joker, and the, it was some guy, I can't remember who it was, but he was like, it's not, it's no, you were never really here, and I was like, who gassed it up? I have to talk to you, sir. Literally, I, I think I ghost wrote that, because they were like, <laughs> they said exactly what I said after the Joker, which was, watch, you were never really, you were never really here, and the master, and I'm like, that's what I said! Are saying. you reading my letterbox? <laughs> I said reading it. Like, ah, uh, it's, it's... Yeah director's wish yeah um but um i guess no, yeah, i'll go good. quick because it's been we're already at almost an hour oh it's okay um i'll go quick but okay so first of all last night i went to a double feature of all that jazz in chicago and like my ass melted off oh my god like all that all that jazz i forgot how like just heavy it gets Oh. because all i ever do is watch the last 10 minutes which are like <laughs> the best 10 minutes of any musical ever committed to film but then what sucked about it is because like i i grew up loving chicago and the movie specifically mm-hmm. and watching that right after all that jazz you're like wow rob marshall is not bob fosse and that's not, <laughs> like this ain't this ain't fair to him huh this just isn't even fair to him that we're watching this right after that oh like, but then I, i'm like i gotta watch this as its own movie and it still is like iconic yeah it's, I, didn't yeah. Sydney say that like the movie's better than the musical adaption sometimes? I or, said like, that. <laughs> oh, you or, said other, that. Other people have probably said that, but I th- yeah, I still stand by that. Um, at least structure wise, I think mm-hmm. it, the movie works better than the stage play. But then again, I never saw Bob Fosse's original staging of the stage play. This is just my my onion. But um, <laughs> holy shit, Bob Fosse! <laughs> so then the other thing I wanted to do <laughs> was. So after having a very stressful week, 
uh, waking up at 6 a.m. and having a full day of, like, errands and everything, I went to a 9 p.m. showing of The Gentleman. <laughs> oh, boy. And it was one of the worst decisions of my life. <laughs> <laughs> It is. Oh, God. I just need to, I need to take the time. I, I usually try to stay positive here on this podcast and in life and try not to yuck anyone's yum, but The Gentleman's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my God. And that's that's be, Guy Ritchie, I, isn't it? It is, yeah. God Who damn I it. I enjoy, even if it's, like, basic, but, like, we're all just, like, my, my friend was, like, uh, when we were walking into the theater, she's, like, all right, let's see what he made instead of a Man from Uncle sequel. And... <laughs> First of all, at the end, there's a Man from Uncle poster in the background. You're like, okay, fuck you. <laughs> God Second damn of it. all, there is some kind of, like, typical Guy Ritchie going back to his roots gangster movie somewhere in the depths of this movie. But it is totally covered over by him trying to offend pretty much every minority group that you could possibly think of. Oh, well, specifically, my God. The main key points are... Uh, the anti-Semitism, oh, the homophobia, no. oh. and the racism against specifically, like, Chinese people. Because every time Henry Golding is on screen, they have to somehow acknowledge his race. And there's literally a license to kill joke. And, like, wanted to, like, leave the theater then, basically. No. And uh, I think I think that, Hugh, that Jeremy Strong should be arrested. <laughs> I hope Sydney's <laughs> listening to this. But Jeremy, Jeremy Strong, I'm going to arrest you myself. <laughs> oh god and then and then he like his i think was just like a choice like what if i was just really flamboyant for no reason with this character hugh grants is like written into the script to be this like pansy gay caricature of like the Hayes code that's like this he's like this weaselly private detective that thinks he's discovered what's going on with the gangsters and he goes over to charlie hunnam's house and he also just keeps trying to fuck charlie hunnam which i understand but <laughs> and i was like i actually would have been okay with all of this all of these stereotypes if he had just fucked charlie hunnam in the end but that didn't happen who knows but just, i have so many questions about what the making of this movie. Also, Michelle Dockery got shafted. Oh, f- and, like, trigger warning, there's an attempted rape scene on her that's just... Oh, my God. Purpose. It's... Oh, my God. It's so bad. I thought I was, like, disassociating the whole time. I felt like... You know, the part of Midsommar where the guy, like, claps in the guy, and he's like... Yeah. Like, that's how I felt watching the gentleman. <laughs> and... Of course, when I, when I told my brother all of this, he's like, you know, I was indifferent to the gentleman at first, but now I have to go see it. Oh, my God. So maybe they should hire me for marketing because me shitting on this movie makes it sound more intriguing. <laughs> He's doing another film. It's called Cash Truck and Jason Statham's going to star. <laughs> and it's going to be based off of the 2004 French film with the same name by Nicholas Bukharif. So this should be interesting. Scott Eastwood's going to be in it also. <laughs> Cool. This sounds like a difficult people joke. <laughs> Anyways, that's what I've been up to. Just very, very good cinema and very bad cinema. <laughs> the good and the bad. Uh-huh. Gotta see both. Gotta. And so are people really still hating on 1917 on Twitter? Because, like, I, I saw, like, your... Your tweet about, like, are people going after the cinematography of 1917? Yeah, I mean, this was just one person that oh, has okay. worms for brains, I guess. <laughs> but they there was a tweet of that, and I won't tell you the other movie, because it was a good movie with good cinematography, but they were like, ah. 
It was 1917 and then that, and they're like, and which movie do you think's gonna win for best cinematography? Like, I roll or whatever. I'm like, um, 1917, fuck you. <laughs> God. Like, of all the things to go after the movie for, I just, I was like, bolt, big flex. Bullet. Big flex. God. Anyways. Yeah. Be like that all the time. <laughs> Unfortunately. Well, I hope everyone has fun watching the Oscars. I sure won't. (laughs) (laughs) Will anybody have fun watching it? No. Somebody said that Little Women, uh, probably was a dude anyway, so like Little Women shouldn't win because it's not very original, but the Joker should win. I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, about that. (laughs) Who's going to tell him? (laughs) This original character, the Joker. (laughs) Oh, really? Um, I was talking about, cause I was doing, uh, I'm gonna, I'm getting back onto my watching the hundred AFI films and I was talking about that with my parents. I have to watch, uh, The Searchers next with John Wayne and I'm like, eh. Mm. But I get to watch 2001 A Space Odyssey after that, so that should be a wild ride cause I've never seen it before. So. Isn't The Searchers the one John Wayne movie that actually like acknowledges if it's the one I'm thinking of? Like it's by John Ford to... directed it, I think. So I don't know the yeah. plot at all. So I'm like, I'm just gonna watch this and get it over with. Uh, <laughs> have fun with that. Well, we're at an hour. We gotta go. Okay, we should probably go. We so, barely talked about the movie. Uh, we, gotta, we gotta go. We gotta go. Uh, so you can find the podcast on. Twitter and on Facebook at Horror Time Pod and Stop Horror Time Pod. Uh, I am also on Twitter at LM Designs. Uh, what about you, Kate? And I'm at Dyke Madden on Twitter. I'll keep y'all posted for if my Queer Wolf episode ever airs. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully soon. I really want to hear it. I'm excited for I've it. I've done the math and I'm hoping it's soon. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so we hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, if you got, if you want to share it with anybody that you think might be interested, we're totally down for that because we always like talking about horror movies. Uh, with people who want to be more about it but can't watch them. So we're definitely uh, here for that. And if you guys have any questions or if you have a movie you'd totally like to recommend to us to watch and cover for an episode, we are absolutely down for that because we're just like, what do you want to watch next week? And we're like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Every time. So thanks, guys, for listening. I will see you next week. Bye. Bye.